Welcome back. Welcome back here to another episode of the Easy Money Sports Podcast. Um, of course, y'all know me, the host, Easy Money Sanders. Got my boy Dupree with me tonight. Man, not much, bro. Just uh, man, chilling, just enjoying the day today, bro. Um, you know, history went down today. Uh, it was inauguration day. Um, yes, it was. Yes, it was. Sworn in our uh, our forty sixth uh, president of the United States, uh, President Joe Biden, and our our first uh, um, black female uh, vice president. Uh, Miss Harris, Miss Kamala Harris, man, it was just uh, I mean, it was it was a great moment today. Great, uh, I got a chance to watch a little bit of it. It was pretty good, man. Good moment for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely a good moment. And it's you know, in this country's history, you know, we're under new leadership and everything. So, just time to turn the page and in this country's uh, to the next chapter in this country's, you know. In this country and everything, and move on from what was, and uh, look forward to, to better days here in this country. So, um, it definitely, definitely was a good day. Definitely was a good day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, so it's just us two today. Um, our boy Eli couldn't make this one. You know, had to take care of some 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 business. You know, shouts out to him. Uh, he probably would have been upset today anyway. <coughs> <laughs> Doing the episode, so it's all good. <laughs> uh, I mean, we 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 all a little upset because <laughs> that <laughs> Baltimore did not come through for us. But we're gonna talk about that a little bit later. We're gonna talk about that a little bit later. They did not come through for us, which I mean, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll, we'll wait. But <laughs> first things first, man. Um, news coming out of the NFL today. Also, um, man, one of the uh, one of the uh, one of the best quarterbacks of his era, um, arguably, um, has finally decided to hang up his cleats and call a career and um, go into coaching. Uh, Philip Rivers, seventeen years in the NFL, uh, spent I mean pretty much all of his time with the San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers uh, for sixteen seasons, and then spent his last season here. Um, with the Indianapolis Colts, um, like I said, man, seventeen year career, uh, first round pick in the two thousand four draft, right there with uh, Eli Manning and Ben Roethlisberger, originally drafted by the New York Giants, um, but the trade happened with Eli and Philip Rivers for them to swap, and the rest is history. I mean, but man, when you look at the numbers for Philip Rivers, I mean. Over 64,000 yards passing, um, 421 touchdowns. Both of those right now list them, um, I think, fifth most. Yeah, fifth most passing yards and touchdowns all time. Uh, but, you know, I guess the big knock on on Phillip Rivers is uh, his postseason record, 5-7. and seven. Only had been to, I think, just one AFC championship game. And never made it to the Super Bowl. So his uh, his passing yards and touchdowns is the most by a quarterback who 
does not have a Super Bowl appearance or title. Um, but also, you you want to talk about the bad? There's always some good in some too. Um, his durability. The second all-time uh, consecutive regular season starts by our quarterback, 242 games, which basically he started every regular season game from 2006 all the way up to this year. Never missed. When he became the starter, the full-time starter in 2006, after those two years backing up Drew Brees, he never missed a start. Um, that's the second most all-time, of course, to Brett Favre. Um Man, like I said, just one of the one of the best quarterbacks to in his era and to 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 play the game who had who didn't reach a Super Bowl, didn't win a Super Bowl. Um two hundred and fifty two games started, he won hundred and thirty four of them. Um that's second amongst all quarterbacks without a Super Bowl ring and eighth all time. So he only trails man, if you listen to this 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 list of names right here, he he can make a case. Um he only trails Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, um, Brett Favre, John Elway, and Dan Marino. Those are the only quarterbacks who's won more regular season games than he has. Um, so when you think about uh, Phillip Rivers, uh, his career over, overall and everything, when you just, I guess, put it in a, put it in a round uh, basket and kind of reflect on it, um, what's the one thing that the most that's going to stand out to you about Phillip Rivers? Unfortunately, it's just the fact that he hasn't been able to 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 get to the get to the Super Bowl, man, to get to the big one. Like you said, I mean, he's always going to be compared with the guys that he got in this draft class, so Eli Manning and Ben Roethlisberger, who. Both have a Super Bowl ring. Both of them have two. Two, yeah. So he will always be, you know, compared to those guys. But like you said, the numbers, the numbers speak for itself. They say he's top five in yards, top five in touchdowns all time. Just the cosmic professional. He always showed up to work. I mean, he just played. He played the game. He played the game of football. He had that funky. Release and everything like that. That was always the one of the one of the reasons why I like watching him, just to watch him throw the ball, just to see how funky that release was, uh, that release of his is. Right. Um, but um, yeah, man, he played on he played on some good teams, some great teams, great teams, and just couldn't get over the hump. And granted, he's running into Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, so. <laughs> I don't know who can really play, you know. Obviously, Ben, yeah, even in Rossberger too. Yeah, 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 even Big Ben. So he was running into running into these great quarterbacks and just couldn't find a way to to get over the hump. He definitely played on some teams, especially later on in his tenure in uh, well, then it was Los Angeles with the Los Angeles Chargers. I definitely thought that they that they had a shot to make some noise and to get to the Super Bowl. There were some teams. I mean, he had that defense about two, two to three years ago. Yeah. That defense was serious. Oh, man. And I, I thought, oh, okay, the, the Chargers could really, really make some noise and get – they could be a dark horse to get to, to the Super Bowl. Um, but 
that, you know, it didn't happen and everything like that. This is crazy because now we are seeing, as far as me and you saying, as our, our generation, we're seeing the quarterbacks that we grew up watching. We've watched them their whole career, and now we're watching them, you know, get ready to move on and everything. You know, we're talking about Philip Rivers. He's he just retired today, and, you know, it's talks of, you know, thinking this is it for Drew Brees, and now I thought Philip Rivers was going to stick around for one more year. I did, too. And, and, yeah, and him leaving, especially with, I mean, they, that's a good Indianapolis team. And he's, you know, he's going to go ahead and leave. He's he got the head coaching job at St. Saint Michael's uh, Catholic High School down in Alabama. But now I'm sitting here thinking about, okay, is Big Ben going to go ahead and call the quiz too? I'm thinking, I think Big Ben is going to stick around for another year. But um, it's got me wondering, okay, is are we watching the, you know, the end of Big, you know, Big Ben, Roethlisberger? So um, it's coming down like, to the end of the era for some of these quarterbacks that we've grown up watching and everything. He's a great quarterback. He's a Hall of Famer in my book. I believe that he will be a Hall of Famer. Like I said, granted, yeah, he never got a he never won a Super Bowl, never made it to a Super Bowl, but there are plenty of great quarterbacks that have not won a Super Bowl before. I think that he will uh, and should be a Hall of Famer at some point um, down the road. But he's just, he's, he's, I don't know what more outside of outside of of course getting to and winning the Super Bowl. I don't know what else you know what more you could have asked of Philip Rivers as a uh, as a player. It seems like his coaches, the coaches and his teammates uh, loved them and everything. So um, I don't know what more you could ask of him outside of that. I think that that would be the biggest knock against Philip is just that he wasn't able to at least get to a Super Bowl. Um, Unfortunately, but yeah, you know it is what it is. It is, you know, got to take it on the head. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same for me. It's it's really tough. Um, it's really tough for for Philip, and I hate it for him. But I, I think it's always like that in certain draft class, uh, draft classes. I mean, he's the one right now from his draft class. Um, when you go back to uh, the draft class from 1983, that's uh, Marino and L.A. and Jim Kelly. And it's like, okay, Marino, I mean, uh, Marino went to a Super Bowl, but he never won one. Jim Kelly went to four straight, and he never won one. And, I mean, Elway went to five of them, but he finally won the last the last two that he went to. He finally won them, but... You know, those other two guys didn't win one. He's the one right now. Phillip is the one who never, well, he is the one that never won a Super Bowl ring from his draft class. And then we're probably going to talk about that here with like future draft classes here, like the uh, the 2017 draft class. I mean, we got Pat Mahomes, who he has a ring. Deshaun Watson hasn't gotten there yet. Um, I don't mean to say it like this in a disrespectful way, but we know Mr. Bisky probably ain't getting there. Um, <laughs> um, I don't, mean, I don't mean Mr. Trubisky. I don't mean to say it like that, but you know, I'm just. Yeah, but no, it's, it's, you know, yeah, it's like you said, it's with the draft class. Yeah, these guys, especially quarterbacks, yeah, they're always going to be compared to the greatest that's in the league, regardless of age or whoever. whoever yeah, are the greatest quarterbacks in the league, and then they're going to get compared to. Who they got drafted with? Who, what, 
who came in with you? What what group of quarterbacks did you get drafted? You know, did you come in with? And how do you compare versus those guys? It'll be, uh, it, I mean, we we're doing it now. Like you said, you got uh, Mitchell and Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. And you got Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, that uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Yeah. Jared Goff was in that one, and then you have uh, Lamar Jackson with Josh Allen and. Uh, Baker Mayfield. So these quarterbacks will always get compared to who, who uh, was in their draft class. So it's just like you said, you got two guys that in his class that you know were able to get to and, and went two of them, and he just wasn't. He's one. Excuse me, wasn't able to. Yeah, but I. But for me, um, the thing about Philip Rivers that stuck out to me that I that I admire the most that I'm a miss um, is this. Um, his competitiveness and the way he went about the game and I mean his durability, his longevity to 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 go seventeen years and to start basically fifteen years consecutive fifteen consecutive seasons, never missed a game, including the playoffs, the time he went to the playoffs, never missed a game. And my all time favorite game from him is the uh, two thousand seven um AFC Championship game against the the undefeated Patriots team. Yeah, that's 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 my favorite game for him. Just because the week before that, when he played Peyton Manning in the Indianapolis Colts, he tore his ACL. And think about the 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 notion and the stigma that the quarterback position gets of them basically kind of being, uh, you know, prima donnas or you know. Uh, being don't want to get touched or anything like that. Any little injury would 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 would, would dang near. You got to question if they're going to play or not. And this man goes six days after tearing his ACL. Uh, I can't remember if he did if he had the surgery or not. Obviously, I don't think he did. Um, for him to but for him to go out there and play, and I mean he didn't play a bad game. I mean honestly, he played his he played his tail off. Um, the fact that. They really were. They really were in that game. I just hated that. Um, a lot of those times, which was that that was the only AFC Championship game he went to. Um, I just hated that most of those drives they had ended in field goals and not touchdowns, and ultimately that's what killed them against New England and for them not to get to the season, but get to the Super Bowl that year. Um, but that's my favorite Philip Rivers moment. Is just him being out there, not wanting to miss that game. Him. Basically out there on on one good leg, and was still slinging the ball out there down the field like that. To me, that's just the ultimate testament to Philip Rivers, like how competitive he was, um, how he was ready to battle, how he never really gave up, um, even when he had bad games, he never really still gave up, and was out there the next week, week after week after week, and uh, and also his trash talking. You didn't see too many quarterbacks. <laughs> you didn't see too many quarterbacks out there like trash talking defenders. Like I mean, like prominent defensive players, like the whole D line. He's talking trash to linebackers, whoever. Like trash talking. I remember, I remember one game. Uh, I can't remember one of those years it was, but it was one of those years where the AFC West wasn't that good, and it was between the Chargers and the Broncos, Week Seventeen. And whoever won that game was going to be 8-8, eight and, eight, and they were getting into the playoffs. And 
they thrashed they thrashed Denver. And this was back when Jay Cutler was starting in Denver. And you can see Phillip Rivers on the sideline talking trash to Jay Cutler. I mean, like, giving <laughs> giving Jay Cutler the business. And the thing is, is like, he didn't cuss. He didn't swear. Oh, yeah. He didn't cuss. I just got through watching a whole, you know, like five-minute montage of, just some, some of him trash-talking and just talking to refs and everything. He does not cuss. Like I know for me as a defender, if I was a defender, that that would probably make me mad more mad than the person who who does. Cause I'm like, bro, he's sitting up here. Why is the quarterback sitting up here talking trash to me like this? Like it that does not happen that often. Like, um, I don't know if any. I don't know if anybody else was really even doing anything like that. So for me, that's what stands out to me for him. Um, I know you had already mentioned it beforehand saying that he was a hall of famer um so to me i think he is too just because you have to you have to throw in the longevity um the numbers you know for right now having him there like i mean in the top five of those those categories i think you have to consider him a hall of famer but you know the question that everybody wants to ask like is he first ballot or will he have to wait a year or two before they put him in. It'll probably be a year or two. I don't think it'll be first ballot. I don't think it'll be first ballot. I think it'll be a couple. It'll be a couple times. I would. I be surprised if he was. If he was first ballot. Maybe a little bit, especially depending on who all is potentially in this class. But. I mean, I think he'll get in. I don't, maybe not, maybe not first ballot, but he'll definitely get in. Though. It'll be a minute, though. I think it might, I think it might be a couple of years. I was saying, what's the, how long do you have to be removed? Um, is it five? I think it's five, five. years because this year the semifinalists were guys like Peyton Manning and uh, I can't remember who else, but everybody this year is the ones who retired in two thousand and. What's five years from now? Two two twenty sixteen. So yeah, everybody who everybody who retired after the after, in twenty sixteen will be eligible okay. this year. And I mean it's a it's a good list of guys. I think it's I think it's Peyton Manning. I want to say Troy Palomalu might be on this one. Calvin Johnson is on this one. It's yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, it's so it, it'll be I I think I don't, I don't think he'll make first ballot, but I do think he'll he'll make it though. I, I would be surprised if he wasn't named the Hall of Fame. I would be highly surprised. Uh, like I said, you can't you can't argue with the numbers. You can't argue with the longevity. You just you just can't you just can't. So shouts out to Philip Rivers and his and his uh, crew, his family. Man, you, you got you got a lot of a lot of cheering. A boatload of them, my boy. <laughs> yeah, a lot of cheering down there. So, um, like, said, like we said earlier, he's going on and you know moving on to his next chapter in his life, being a high school head coach. So, wish him nothing but the best in and all he does next up. Who knows? He might. I mean, who knows? He might down there be keep coaching the high school, or he might decide to you know move up the ranks and try to do a little something in college or in the in the pros. So, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. 
Um, and like you said, shouts out, big ups to Philip Rivers, man. Uh, great career, no matter no matter what it was. Great career, all in all. And uh, wish him nothing nothing but the best in his uh, future endeavors. Um, so it let's go to everybody who is still currently playing or was currently playing um, in the playoffs. Uh, man, I mean the divisional games were. They were they were really honestly in, in my opinion they were all pretty good. It, it had a lot of compelling like drama from each one. Uh the, I guess depending on how you look at it. Uh that first matchup between the Rams and the Packers, um as we know Green Bay came out on top 32-18. Um man, we were really we were a lot of we was really dead on or really close to the scores. I know you and Eli both said thirty one twenty. Um and uh thirty I said what thirty one to thirteen. Um yeah. on that. But before we get into that, there's a lot of stuff that's still going on for other teams that didn't make the playoffs that's making moves, I guess for a quote unquote their off season, even though it's not the off season now. Um, officially, but there were seven um, vacant coaching spots um, in the NFL. You had Jacksonville, Atlanta, uh, Detroit, Philly, Houston, uh, New York, the Jets. Thank God. Um, Triple G. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, what was uh, who was the other team? Uh, Detroit, Atlanta, Jacksonville, Philadelphia, Houston, the Jets. Chargers. Oh yeah, yeah, and the, and the LA Chargers. Um, so you know, back in this uh, off season for the twenty twenty season, you know the the NFL and the NFLPA, the Players Association, and everybody were you know trying to figure out what ways to do to. To get more, uh, to get more diversity in here for these coaches and GM uh, positions, and um, so far, I mean, we've had two, we've had two new GMs be hired, uh, both one in Atlanta and in Detroit. Both of those guys were um, African American, um, but as far as like the head coaches in the coaching uh, for the head coach's position. Um, there's only been one diverse, uh, I guess, uh, for as far as ethnicity, um, one guy who was hired that was of a different race outside of being outside of being white, and that was uh, Robert Sala, who got hired by the New York Jets, the former uh, San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator, and Anthony Lynn was fired from the Chargers. So we really, we never really gained anything here as far as more uh uh more uh, minority coaches being higher we're still stuck at four ron rivera uh robert sala mike tomlin and who else am i missing and yeah and uh flores so uh we're still at four instead of we really hasn't the, the league hasn't gone anywhere with the minority um, coaches being higher, and then some of them are still not even 
getting, I guess, even a chance or cause or anything like that. And I just, I mean, I just kind of noticed that and I just wanted to bring that to attention. Um, what is going on with the league as far as like the lack of diversity that is still going on here with the head coaching and GM positions? Like, what all you think is going on with that? Because of them, like, you know, postman implementing, like, oh, well, if you get this, we'll give you some draft picks or do this and do that, that they're doing all this stuff. But it's still not really that many people getting an opportunity. And it still may not even – we may not even still have another minority coach hired or not. I mean, Houston has been talking with uh, uh, Eric uh, Bien-Aimé. Uh, for the head coaching job, but that's not even a given. So we don't even know if there's even going to be another minority hired for those last two head coaching spots. That's why the situation with Bienemy is tough, and I've I've been a little worried about that situation um, because as a Falcons fan, I would love to have Bienemy. Yeah, come and coach the team. If we would, you know, if we um, could have held out, you know, and and uh, went with him, that'd been fine with me for sure. And I, I'm pretty sure for uh, a lot of Falcons fans. But I believe the 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 thing with the enemy right now, and I was brought to my attention, is that a lot of teams interviewed him, just like they interviewed us. But he wasn't able to get that second interview with some of these teams. Um, like the Jets, I believe, like the Falcons, like some of these teams that went ahead and hired their coach. I don't think that he was able to get that second interview because no one can really touch him right now because Kansas City is making their run in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They, 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 while these guys were getting their first, everybody got their first interview with these teams around Wild Card Weekend. The Chiefs weren't playing until they just played their first game of playoffs last week. Right. And, I mean, granted, you know, now we'll see what happens with them this weekend, but you're talking about potentially not being able to really touch him or talk to him until after the Super Bowl. So you're talking about another two weeks, which is going to make it tough for some team, for teams to... The question was, was were teams going to hold off and wait on hiring the enemy until... Potentially after the Super Bowl. Now that does not mean that all these other teams that have hired their coach, there's more, <laughs> there's more black coaches out here than just Eric Bieniemy that deserve a chance to be a head football coach in the National Football League. Um, to be co- completely honest, which I was a Anthony Lynn situation that was tough. I. He had, he had some problems with game management towards the end of games that probably cost him his job. If if those if those situations had not come about, I believe that Anthony Lynn would still have his job. But teams in the National Football League have had a problem with hiring black coaches. In a league where 70% of the players are
three African American coaches, and then you got Riverboat Ron Rivera. I don't understand what, what, what. Because really, I'm I'm lost for words. So maybe you can help me out. Because I don't I don't understand what's the what's the what's the issue. What's the problem? Because it's the same thing in college football. In college football, and this is my just, this is me just speaking. In college football, in the, there's a problem with the same coaches are getting recycled. It's the same coaches. That's the problem with college football. You look up, it's the same guys getting hired for these head coaching jobs. There's an opening, and there's an opening for a new job, and the same coach we just saw at this at this school, now he's hired at this school. Or this coach just got just got fired. He goes to Alabama, and he's an analyst at Alabama, and now all of a sudden, boom, he's got another head coaching job. It's the same coaches. You're not seeing some of these other guys, these other coaches, getting a shot, black, white, whatever. But we're talking about black coaches. You don't see that. And in the league, it's the same thing. It's the same thing in the league. Now you got now you you get some new blood in like Arthur Smith for the Falcons. He's been an OC for he was an, he was an OC for a long time. He's been in Tennessee as offensive coordinator in Tennessee. Now he gets a shot to be a head coach. And we want to go in a different direction, but. I don't like like I said, I'm I'm at, I'm at a loss of words because you can't tell me there are not black coordinators, black assistant coaches that are not qualified to be a head coach in the National Football League. You can't tell me that. There's nobody that can tell me there is not outside of Eric B enemy, you cannot tell me there is not another black coach who was qualified to be a head coach in the National Football League. You can't tell me when you have Eric Bieniemy is not the is not the only black offensive coordinator, and I know there are black defensive coordinators in the league. What happens in the NFL is these black coaches you get one shot, one shot. You get one shot to be a head coach, and if you don't make the most of it, once you get fired, that's it. That is it. You see it in the headlines. I know you've seen the centers in the headlines. Adam Gates and the Jets part ways. Doug Peterson and the Eagles agreed to, you know, to part ways. Eddie Lynn gets fired. You get one shot as a black coach in the NFL. And if you don't take advantage of that, name me, name me another black coach, Sanders, that has gotten fired from his job. And got another opportunity to be a head coach. It's only one I can think of. Who? Because I, I have no clue. Jim Caldwell. Because you know Jim he Caldwell. he coached and the Colts. Yeah. Got to li- got the got the Lions to the playoffs. He shouldn't have lost his job. And shouldn't even got lost that job. Shouldn't even he lost that lost job. The job in Detroit. Oh, where is he at now? Where is Jim Caldwell? Um, that's a that's a great question. Oh, it's uh. Cause he's an offensive coordinator, or uh, he's yeah he or working somewhere and he's on somebody's staff in the league still definitely I know he's not out of the league he can't be, um, but he works with 
it was most recently with was it with Baltimore? The, with the with the Dolphins. Okay, okay. Assistant head coach, assistant head coach, and um, quarterbacks coach. Excuse me, with the Dolphins. But yeah, you you don't these coaches. Anthony Lynn, I don't see Anthony Lynn getting enough getting another opportunity to be a head coach. I just don't. I, it, it's not going. It doesn't happen. And not even for the not even for the guys that have been head coaches. They don't even get another opportunity to be a head coach. When we see plenty of other coaches get multiple shots, get multiple opportunities. That's why I'm hoping Brian Flores continues that trend. He's got he's got the Dolphins on a roll. They're trending in the right direction. That's why I hope he continues to build that organization and get the organization to just to continue that upward trend that the organization is on. Mike Tomlin, he has not had a losing a losing record since he's been the coach at in Pittsburgh. I'm hoping he's able to, to keep that going and keep um, keep Pittsburgh the steel curtain, keep Pittsburgh the way they uh, the the way they've been. Obviously, they gotta get they gotta fix some things and get back to that to that uh, that way of football. But there's not a lot of coaches that get a second chance mm-hmm. if you're black. So it's one and done. It's one and done. They got with a Jim Caldwell and hired Matt Patricia, and they regret it. Now they probably regret hiring him because they took a step back. Oh, yeah. Regress, regress big time. And I want to go back to the point you made about how it's other coaches besides um, Eric Bieniemy that could be out here um, as, as this black or a minority that could be hired on as coaches. Leslie Frazier, um, former coach. I think he's a. I can't remember exactly where he is now. Defensive coordinator in uh, in Buffalo. In Buffalo, yeah. hadn't got another head coaching job yet. Uh, guys like him, Steve. They only gave Arizona only gave Steve Wilkes one season, and that was. One. Let's just be honest. That year there down in Arizona was a shit show. Like, I can't put it no other way, and I. I mean, I try not to use <laughs> many curse words and vulgar language yeah. on here, but. That's exactly what it was. It was a shit show down there in Arizona that one year. It was terrible. They drafted Josh Rosen and didn't do anything. Um, he's no longer there, nor is Josh Rosen. <laughs> um, yeah. Vance Joseph, I think I think Vance he could Joseph. I think he could be a good head coach again. But I mean, think about the situation he had with Denver. He took over after Peyton Manning has retired. They're searching for quarterbacks and all kind of stuff like that. And I mean, they couldn't find a quarterback for years. For at least two to three years, they were. And we still don't know. And we still don't know because we they don't even know if Drew Locke is the guy now. They still don't even know. Even though I think he could, he'll be okay, but they still don't know. I mean, it's so many, and it, it's uh, to me it's just. I mean, to me it's just sad because of Raheem Morris. I mean, him being the interim this year. I mean, I think I think he got an interview with Philly. So I think he I did. I believe he did. Yeah, I believe he did. In the Falcons, the Falcons interviewed him. You they know, him because the job he did turn around to turn around the franchise from where we started to how we finished. Right, you had to. Right, and I, and I mean, it's just for me. I don't. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know what it is that because at this point, I think. I mean. It's kind of a double-edged sword, though, to a certain extent, 
And what I'm saying is, it's like, it's part on, because I don't think it's on the league anymore. It's not on like the player. It's not on the league um, because they're the, they're trying to set it up and get the you know initiative for it to happen. Um, this is on ownership because they make the decision. Um, so I think it's it's really more so with them trying to figure that out and what they want and what direction they want to go. And ownership always has a saying in that. So it's kind of like, yeah, we'll we'll give the interview to the person. But if they don't really feel, let's just call a spade a spade, if they don't feel comfortable hiring a coach of minority or a general manager of minority, <laughs> uh, you know, they, they're not going to do it. Uh, point blank period. They're not going to do it. Um, but I think also it also kind of deals, unfortunately, the coaches – a minority who has been coaches and wasn't as successful, um, it kind of, I guess, that can play a part, too, in it. Um, I think it's unfair to, to, to think that way, but I feel like that's how some of ownership thinks about the coaches like that. I think they think, well, what makes you think that they're going to be successful here if they wasn't that successful there, but not even giving a fair shake. It doesn't make sense to me. And I mean, even, even, not even, it don't even have to be just like being head coaches. Some guys is just trying to be assistants or be um, coordinators and stuff like that. But like they, it's, it's some, it's some guys that's been working their way up to get from position coach to coordinator to want to get to a head coach. And you got a guy, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to him, but you got a guy in, um, is it Dan Kim Campbell or I don't know whoever the the guy that Detroit just hired hadn't even had a coordinating position. He hasn't even but been a coordinator, and they gave him a six year contract. That's just like Joe Judge. That's 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 the point I was getting ready to make. Joe Judge had not been a coordinator in the league or in college. He coached special teams. When he got hired on to be the, the coach for the New York Giants, he was previously, just previously, the receivers coach in New England. Now, granted, it worked out well. I think that he did a great job this past year with the Giants, and I think he's going to continue to do a good job um, with that organization. But that was the Giants taking the leap of faith <laughs> on somebody who hasn't had any experience. So for someone to make the for someone to make the example or to bring up the point of well some of these guys don't have any experience I don't want to hear any of that right. they don't have coordinator experience I don't want to hear none of that because Joe Judge got hired without being a coordinator same thing with Campbell hasn't been a coordinator yet he gets the job as a head coach which is fine which is fine but it's like you said you have guys that are coming up through the ranks that want to be, excuse me, that are position coaches that want to be, move and be coordinators and then from a coordinator get the shot to be a head coach. As a coach right now in this profession, it's hard for me. I have I have certain goals and aspirations for myself. But I know later on down the line, maybe I don't, right now, do I think I could be an offensive coordinator? No, not right now. There's still things I need to learn. But 
it's like I said earlier, you have coaches that are being constantly recycled. Was like, even if I even if even if I get to the point where I feel like, yeah, I could be a coordinator right now. Am I gonna get the shot too? Am I gonna get the shot? Is someone gonna t- take a chance and hire me as a coordinator, as an offensive coordinator? Am I? Bill O'Brien just got fired at <laughs> he just got fired in Houston. Watch, he just got hired by Nick Saban in Alabama to be the offensive coordinator at the University of Alabama. I guarantee you, Sanders, give it three years, at least three years, he'll be a head coach on the collegiate level again. I might give it two, depending on what happens. Don't let them go and win <laughs> one national championship. I might give don't it two. Around, don't let don't let them mess around and win a, win two national championships in the first three years he that. He's gone out of there. If Bryce Johnson is the quarterback and he and he figures out how to get Bryce, he gets Bryce Johnson throwing all these you know all these touchdown passes and yards and this and that and all. And all that type of stuff, I give it three. I'm gonna I'm gonna say three. I ain't gonna give it two. But three years from now, I'm supposed to come back to this episode and listen to this part. It's like he will be a head coach again. And granted, he was doing a, a pretty decent job. He was doing a pretty good job at Penn State before he took the job and go to Houston. Yep. But it's like I said, it's recycled. It's the same guys. There's no new blood. It's no new blood that's getting cycled into this thing, man. It's just not. And if it is, it ain't one of us. It ain't one of us. Hardly. You got a couple. Marcus Freeman shouts out to him. He just got the job uh, as a defensive coordinator at the University of Notre Dame after he did an outstanding job at Cincy. Mm-hmm. But it's the same guys over and over. Butch Jones. Bruce Jones got fired from Tennessee, went down to Alabama. He was an analyst. A analyst. He's at Arkansas State. Head coach, boom, Arkansas State. And that's just in college. At least in college, they give certain coaches a second chance. In the league, that's it. Like I said, that's it. You blew it once, and it's a wrap. I was afraid for Brian Flores' job last year. Right. Until they turned it around. If they didn't turn it around, he wasn't going to have a job. He was going to be gone. You, Like you said, I don't think it's, no, it's, it's not in the league anymore. Now, the league has put into place the Rooney Rule and things like that. Now it's indicative upon these owners to make these decisions. Because the experience, he doesn't have an experience. That is, you can no longer, that, that is no longer, you can no longer, that's no longer an argument. No longer an argument. If you tell me a position coach, someone could go from being a position coach straight to being a head coach. Now. <laughs> <laughs> come on now. <laughs> Just saying. What, what, come on now. Yeah. He wasn't even the leader, he wasn't even leader of the whole offense. Or the defense. He was the linebackers coach, DBs coach. Even uh, yeah. I, you know, oh man, look. We could go on this topic for it's. It's sad, man, because and, and 
it makes especially young coaches like myself feel like there's 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 no way for you to get to that point. As even as, as much as as much as I continue to learn, continue to grow as a coach and build my culture philosophy and all those type of things, it just makes it seem like that's that's that feat, that goal, that accomplishment is just too far away. Mm-hmm. And it's really not. You just have to be given the chance to prove yourself. So yeah, it's it's unfortunate, man, and it's you gotta I don't know what else the I don't know what else the league can do. I really don't. I really don't I mean but you gotta do something. You gotta do something. This this doesn't make any this this makes no sense. This makes no sense. It may seem like black guys black men can't coach football. Right. That's what it makes it seem like. Black men can't coach football. And we've seen that they can. Go talk to go talk to Mike Tomlin. He plays he's coaching for one of the most storied franchises in all of sports history. In all of sports history. And I believe he got two of them things. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, I'm hope I'm, I'm hoping BNB someone to hold out for BNB and, and and hire him because I believe he 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 deserves a shot at being the head coach for sure. I know Philly's still looking for a coach. Houston's still looking for a coach. Um, Houston, I mean, either one of those teams with kind of the drama that's going down in in Houston and in Philly, they might be might not be the uh, sexiest destinations. I mean if you can keep if you can keep Deshaun Washington in Houston then obviously that's that looks good. That looks better than Philly, but um it sounds like he wants out, so you know we'll see. But yeah, we they gotta do better. They gotta do better man than hiring these 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 black coaches. They got to Yeah, I saw the coaches that got hired. Yeah. You know, yeah. But um it still doesn't take away from the fact that that there is a problem problem still in this league today. Yeah, they gotta, we gotta, they gotta figure something out to 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 fix that. It it shouldn't only be just for minorities coaching um, in the NFL anymore. When <laughs> when it's so many better. Uh, better coaches that's out here assistants or coordinators who uh, who really deserve who really deserve a shot um, they really do <laughs> off subject off subject a little bit even with even what's what's going on with Tennessee at UT I even seen somebody mention mentioning they should be trying to get Hugh Freeze he just got fired at Ole Miss for the same thing that y'all did there at UT why would you want to try to bring that man there it's, it's the same thing you're saying. They were recy- they recycling the same coaches. Why would you try to bring the same man there, hire him there, where he got fired at at a previous school for the same thing you just fired your coach and other assistants for? That makes no sense. <laughs> that makes no sense. Like whatsoever. Why is he even I, I, on a, a thought? I thought they were looking at possibly maybe T. Martin. 
you know, they could be. You know, he was on that staff, so maybe they might, you know, they might not want, you know, want him, you know, want him right now. But yeah, he he got paid for the same thing. You want more sanctions? Not saying that he's doing the same thing at Liberty, right? He probably, you know, hopefully he learned from his mistakes and everything. But look, Jeremy Pruitt, he'll he, he's gone now. He'll go somewhere. He'll end up somewhere. He could end up back at Bama. You know, you never know. He'll end up somewhere being a D, a D coordinator or something like that, coaching, and he'll be a head coach again somewhere to yeah. watch. Yep. He'll be a head coach again. He might not be at, a, at another prominent program like Tennessee, but he will be a head coach again. Yeah. Man, but – Moving on here to the to the last topic of the of the night, um, discussing the uh, division around matchups here. Uh, so earlier, like I mentioned, um, first that first the first set of games that Saturday games, man, pretty good ones. Um, we had the Green Bay Packers come out on top against the Los Angeles Rams, thirty two to eighteen. Um, the matchup that we wanted to see between Jalen Ramsey and Devontae Adams was. Um, just as good as advertised, it, it seemed. And um, for a second, like how we mentioned on the previous show, um, L- L.A. was hanging in there. But, of course, um, too much Aaron Rodgers, too much Aaron Jones, too much Devontae Adams. And, and of course, uh, offensively, the Rams just couldn't get uh, anything going. Um, that one kind of pretty much went the way we thought it was going to be. Uh, how how did you feel about how that game went? Yeah, I think it went like how we how we predicted it. Um, I picked the score thirty one to twenty. Um, it you just that matchup with with Jalen Ramsey and Devontae Adams. Um, Devontae Adams won. I don't think anybody really disagrees with that. Um, he was able to still get free. His, as like I said before, his feet. You DBs can't get their hands on him because his feet are so quick. Mm-hmm. He's so quick with his releases off off the line of scrimmage. DBs aren't able to, to get a hand on him, um, and they don't want to be too aggressive because if they are too aggressive, they'll they won't get their hands on him and not it'll be for a touchdown. Um, and the the. The the question was obviously could LA's defense create enough havoc, create enough turnovers, three and outs to be able to hang around when it's late into the fourth quarter and things about things like that because we we know we knew going into the game that Jared Goff was not hundred percent that offense was going to lean on their run game and um, that. It's really not a recipe to beat Green Bay and Green Bay when they are fully healthy and full go. Because they were able to still do whatever they wanted. It would have been 38. Uh, Lazard dropped a touchdown pass mm-hmm. <laughs> early in the game. He dropped a touchdown pass. So it would have been, uh, by they would have won by 20 points. So um, I don't, I don't, I don't think it went any any different than what we expected it to be. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, as my boy, my guy Stephen A. Smith would say, is a bad man. <laughs> I mean, he is, he is that dude. I know we'll talk about it a little bit more, but 
A Rod is that deal. A <laughs> Rod is that deal. So, um, it was. It was. It. It is. It. It sucks when you see a team, on you know, with one side of the ball is fully healthy and just playing lights out and have been playing lights out for the most for most of the year, and the other side just isn't able to make the plays that are needed to win big games. And yeah. I think you kind of saw that on the sideline when you see you saw Aaron Donald, you know, his with his emotions. You play your heart out, you play as hard as you can. Especially when he was, you know, he was playing through little torn, torn cartilage in his ribs and, and and things like that, and it just it just wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough. So, um, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough, especially for that Rams defense. But like I said, Aaron Rodgers and that offense is is a different deal. And that deep, the Packers defense, we gotta give them some credit and some love. They played. That Packers defense is sneaky good. They're yeah. not obviously they're not the Rams or um, even the Ravens. You know these great defenses that we see in the league uh, today. But that Packers defense is better than advertised, I believe. Um, so they they deserve some credit as well. I mean, uh, of course. I mean they, I mean they they held the Rams all together for t- to two um just two hundred and forty four yards. Um, I mean, they didn't get any turn, get, didn't get any turnovers. But I mean, when pretty much they only scored what two, when they only got two touchdowns on them that that whole game, um, and to just sit there and just really much, pretty much control them, like like golf. Jared Goff numbers wasn't bad. I mean, he was twenty one for twenty seven, but he only threw it for one seventy four. That's not gonna beat Green Bay. <laughs> that's not gonna beat Green Bay. Like that's that's not gonna be enough. It's not enough. You know that's that's not gonna be enough. And I mean, that yeah, that that defense they they don't get they don't get talked enough up there um, with um, the Smith the Smith brothers that they have up there. They got one of the best cornerbacks in the league in Jair Alexander. Um, they 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 they're definitely a handful, but. I think the thing that, that about Green Bay that's like so compelling is like you know for years it's it's always been just kind of like Aaron Rodgers just been having to do it by himself you know really didn't matter like who um, was out there at receiver you know he could do it but they never always really just had a running game now they do and I mean it's a it's a three headed monster and it's just it's it, it's almost like. Almost like how how San Francisco had it last year with their three headed monster, where they had Tevin Coleman and Mostert and and Breida. Well, Green Bay they got Aaron Jones, they got Jamal Williams and AJ Dillon. Um, they are all out there giving it. I mean, giving giving linebackers and defensive linemen trouble, and the fact that you you got that run game and for them to hold the ball as long as they did too. I mean, they won the they won the time of possession battle. Um, they they held it for thirty six minutes, twenty eight first downs. I mean, Aaron Jones nearly had a hundred yards by himself. Um, I mean, it was it was pretty much just like so much balance on on the offensive side of the ball for Aaron Rodgers. The Aaron Rodgers almost went for three hundred himself. Aaron Jones gets nearly a hundred. 
Devontae Adams wasn't even their leading receiver. It was Alan Lazard, and he could have had two touchdowns, <laughs> as we talked about it with that drop. He could have had two touchdowns and over 100 yards himself. Um, so, amazing game uh, from them and the Green Bay Packers to, to move on um, to the NFC Championship game. Now, the game that kind of got all of us pretty much bummed out because that's the only game that – that's the only game – the only game pick that I got wrong last week <laughs> was um, the Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens. Um, man, that one was a defensive battle right there. Um, the Bills came out on top, of course, 17-3. to um, Lamar Jackson in, ends up going out with the concussion, and that pretty much kind of just ended Baltimore chances, even though they were pretty close. And then, I mean, the the, the pick six kind of made the difference. Um, oh yeah, the pick six really just made the difference right there in that game. That pretty much, I, I don't want to say it sealed it, but it made it hard for them, even harder for Baltimore to try to do anything because they really didn't do much. Um, any other time. Um, I will give credit to Baltimore's defense, though. Just to hold that Buffalo offense just to 10 points, I will give them a ton of credit. I mean, it's, it's almost just kind of like the same thing with what the Rams was dealing with. I mean, to to hold a, a such a, a fiery offense like that just to 10 points, and you really must play, play the heck of a game, um, but just couldn't get much on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, that and that pick six is, is the difference. That's the difference in the game. It, when when they were making that drive, it was like, okay, all right. The Ravens found something. They found something, and it was I believe it was third down, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's I mean he just he didn't see him. He didn't see he didn't see Johnson. And he just stepped in front of him and picked it off. Um, and that's a that's a tough that's a tough way for from you know for me to watch and see you know to see that happen it's like golly man you know you want them you want them to be successful and like you said for as much of a defensive game that was if they tie that ball game up who knows what happens right but I mean they tied it they tied the game up now it's ten all. And both, like once again, Baltimore's defense only gave up ten points. <laughs> they only gave up ten points. I said it in the last episode. Baltimore's defense, what they did against the Titans, that defense is for real. And I said that they had they had some DBs that could match up. In particular, Marlon Humphrey, who made plays all night. Marlon Humphrey to uh, match up with Stephon Diggs. And he only generated 10 points for the entire game. And even still after the pick six, it still wasn't over because if Hundley doesn't overthrow Marquise Brown, you're talking about it's 10 and 17, and Baltimore got the ball back again. Yeah. So the game is still not over. At that point, even when Lamar is out, when Lamar gets uh, gets injured and he's out the game. So, the biggest takeaway for me from this game 
two things. One, for Buffalo, they should feel defensively, they should feel good going into this matchup with the Chiefs. Because the Ravens defense is dynamic in its own right in a different way than Kansas City's offense, but they were able to neutralize what the Ravens do best to a certain extent, in which is running the football. So their defense, the way they played this past Sunday, they should feel good going into this matchup with Kansas City. Two, Baltimore has got to get Lamar Jackson a number one receiver, a true number one receiver. They have to. Yeah. He he has he has to. Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, is not a number one receiver. He's not. He would be a great number two. A great number two. But you got to get Lamar a number one receiver. You just have to. He cannot continuously be throwing the football to running backs and tight ends his whole career. You just can't do it. You got to have a threat down the field. And Marcus Brown played well. He had two good playoff games. Yeah. But you got to get him. You There's some free agents. I mean, Allen Robinson and who's the other? Uh, it's Allen Robinson. And there's another receiver. Uh, Kenny Galladay. Oh, they're free agents? They're free agents. Okay. I believe so, yes. They're free agents. If you can't get one of them, you need to draft one. You need to draft a receiver. He has got to get, they got to get a number one receiver for Lamar Jackson to help him out with his passing game. Because I believe we've seen this style of offense. Greg Roman did it in San Francisco. They got to the Super Bowl and lost, what, four points? They lost at the end of the game. Yep. They lost at the end of the game. But Colin Kaepernick had (laughs) weapons. He had receivers. He had Michael Crabtree and Equan Bolden. So he had guys he could throw the ball to down the football field. So he's they have got to advance that vertical that vertical threat offensively if they're going to continue to progress and get better as an offense. Because the defense is set. Defense is good. Can they find one at twenty seven or receiver if they don't go for agency? That's that's where they're at. They're listed at they have the twenty seven pick in the first round. Well, your top two are obviously Devontae. Smith and Jamar Chase, they will be gone. Right. So after that, I believe Jalen Waddle will probably be gone too. So after that, there's still some guys that's that are out there um that you can draft. Um I mean who's not they I mean they could draft they could draft one and still and still pick up a free agent. I don't know their whole, you know, their situation as far as cap space and all that type of stuff, but um I mean, you could always trade up. I don't know, you know. You could always trade up. It's something, though. You either you do it in free agency or you do it in the draft. Have you got to do it in the draft? But they they've got to get them some help out there on the outside. They got to get them some help on the outside. So if not Galladay or or Allen Robinson. Let's 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 find the let's find the guy that we really like in the draft and let's get him. We got to get them some help. We got to. Yeah. I, now I saw. Um, I saw like this little clip with uh, Shannon Sharp of him comparing Lamar Jackson 
to uh, Giannis onto the Kupo. Um, true, they do need a number one wide receiver to get him there, but is it also that Lamar has to find a way to improve in 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 passing for them to get over the hump? Because I mean. I think in the 16-game regular season, you know, from week to week, playing certain teams, uh, you know, I, I know that you can end up, you know, there's some weeks that you can have the run game going and you can do what they always do with the offense that they run. Um, but, you know, we know it, like, in the playoffs, you know, that's that's different. You have to find new ways to to beat these teams sometimes. I mean, you can still have your bread and butter, but in some shape, in some shape, form, or fashion, uh, there has to be some way to where Lamar has to improve on his passing um, somehow, some way. Because even looking at the pick six, yeah, he didn't see the defender, but he was also just staring right at Mark Andrews. So it was kind of like, we knew you was going to throw that ball to Mark Andrews for yeah. for for Baltimore. So I don't know. There's something interesting to see, but I'm, I'm in with you. I mean, they they I mean they played a heck of a game. The defense shouldn't shouldn't hold their heads down for anything um, to hold the way the way Buffalo had been clicking that this last month and a half to hold them just to ten points and to pretty much be in the game all all night. Um to do just that. Can't be mad at them for that. Um I mean they they did the best that they can do. Um but they they gotta they gotta figure out something there on the offense to to definitely um get Lamar <laughs> um some help for that on the offensive side of the ball. Because just running it just ain't gonna I always just cut it like that for them. And then we got Kansas City. I mean, just barely. <laughs> just barely getting by Cleveland. That one that one got a little dicey for sure. Um, because with Pat Mahomes going out uh in the was that was that the third quarter? That's like late in the third quarter, I think, with the concussion. Um, and him not returning, and <laughs> when we saw Chad Henney throw that punt up, I mean, that threw that interception <laughs> to to Carl Joseph. I know they had a lot of people worried, like the Browns really got a chance, <laughs> but um, they just couldn't do it. But of course, the play in that game that everyone is kind of still talking about is the uh, the touchdown slash touchback that happened with. I think that was Rashad Higgins and uh, Sorensen came across with, you know, the helmet to helmet hit, but the flag wasn't called. Um, a lot of people do don't like that. Don't like the, uh, the, the touchdown slash touch touchback rule, whatever it is. A lot of people don't like that rule. How, what do you, how do you feel about that rule? Tough. That's a tough rule. Yeah. Because, and, and, and granted, let me say this, I don't think just because some of these things, you know, certain things happen in these big games and high leverage, you know, that could 
ultimately determine the game, I don't think all of a sudden we need to change every rule because all what happened in a playoff game, so now we got to change, you know, we have to change something, change the rule. Um, because if, to be quite honest with you, I really didn't like the whole you were able to uh, challenge pass interference calls. Yeah, it's, I really it's don't dumb. Like, I really don't like that because pass interference is already a judgment call, and now we're challenging it. <laughs> And you're still leaving it in the ref's hands. It's still a judgment call regardless if you challenge it or not. And if they thought it was pass interference when they threw the flag, yeah, they might go back and, you know, they might take it back. But, you know, they, you can still get the call wrong because it's a judgment call. So um, with that being said, though, that the fumbling out of the, out of the end zone, I've heard, you know, heard people say, well, what are you, like, where are you going to do, like, where do you put the ball? If you're going to get the ball back to the offense, where are you going to put the ball? Are you going to just, are you going to replay the down? Mm-hmm. And give it to them where, give it to them where they had the ball previously? Or are you going to, you can't give them the ball. If you're going to ball at the one yard line, that, does, that doesn't help. Because he didn't. So that's the question of where do you put the football? Where do you put the football? If you're going to award the offense back uh, possession of the ball, so um, that was tough. Though I mean, and he he was he was trying to make a play. He was trying to make a play for his team, and unfortunately, the ball. I, I thought he had stepped out. Um, I thought he got knocked out of bounds. Well, at first, watching it live, I thought he might have scored. Right. And then when they started showing the replay, the first replay, I thought he got he was he might have stepped out. And it showed that he didn't. Um, and then even people had a problem because, of, okay, it's helmet to helmet. That's a helmet to helmet hit. How did that not get called? Um, which is another aspect of it that can't be reviewed. Um, but if if you go back and look at it, okay, it's helmet to helmet. The Browns get the ball on the one yard line. And if you take everything after that for, you know, the way it went, the Browns are playing for the AFC Championship. Right. Tomorrow, uh, this weekend. So, um, I mean, the Browns, once again, the Browns' defense, they played played a great game, uh, regardless of everything that happened with that. But I said it last week, and I said it the week before when they were going to play Pittsburgh in the wild card game. You run the football. Nick Chubb only got 13 carries. And in that second half, the way Nick Chubb was running that football, I was like, this is not good for Kansas City. <laughs> right. This is not good. He's busting up 10, 12, 13-yard runs. This ain't good. This is it's inexcusable why he only got the ball 13 times. Like, that makes absolutely no sense to me when that's your prayer. Kareem Hunt only ran the ball six Only ran the ball six. Nick Chubb was averaging five yards a carry. Five yards a carry. Why did he not get the football more? <laughs> that makes no sense. That makes no sense. Team switch up. Do what got you there. Do what got you there. 
your run game is what has propelled you for the first time in 22 years, how long it's been, to make the playoffs and win a playoff game. Your run game and your defense. Baker didn't have a bad game on Sunday. He did not. Baker played well on Sunday. But you ride your running game. The San Francisco 49ers did the same thing last year in the Super Bowl. You run the football. Run the ball. That's your calling card. That's your bread. That is what makes your team go is the run game. We got to remember who the head coach is. I hear that. I hear that. But come on, man. (laughs) Yeah, he the head head coach. He the same head coach that's been calling on his run plays before. All year. What changed now? The Super Bowl. Because you in the well, yeah, that too. Oh, yeah, the Super Bowl. But even for Stefanski, not what like, changes? Not like he's done you, it before. Yeah, that's true. Come <laughs> on, man. We ain't gonna. That's not. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I tried to. I tried to erase that out of my memory, man. <laughs> I tried to erase that day out of my memory. Man, okay, I'm but, done. But, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you call. You know. You did it all year. That should not change. That should not change. Andy Reid is not going to come in. He's not going to throw the ball all over the yard all season in the regular season and then get to the playoffs and and then turn around and be like, yeah, we're going to take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands and we're going to be a smash-mouth team and run the ball 40 times and yada. We'd be like, Andy Reid, what, are you smoking? Right. <laughs> What's going on? Somebody need to go check his temperature. What's up? What's going on in Kansas City? What he drinking on? That don't make no sense. Right. So they, you got to stick to your identity. It's a, it was, Cleveland had a great year, and that was a great. I mean, they played. They played a great game. They played a great game. Um, and like you said, Chad Henney almost <laughs> gave the game away with that. With that, uh, like you said, that punt. I don't know if he was trying to throw a pooch punt or something. But he almost gave the game away to Cleveland. Um, so they should be – They Cleveland has a bright future ahead of them. I think they finally found their coach too, especially the coach that – I think him and Baker vibe. I think they have a good relationship. So um, I think Cleveland will be around. We won't see the same old Cleveland Browns. But Kansas City, they have they have some problems of their own. Yeah, and some worries of their own headed onto you know headed into this week. Um, hope you know hopefully that Patrick Mahomes will be able to play, uh, but you know we'll see because they they're playing once again. We've talked about it before, but that Buffalo team now since since Baltimore is out, that's the hottest team in the league. Mm-hmm. That's the hottest football. That's the hottest team right now. Like you said, it including well before it was what they were won nine out of their last ten in the regular season. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Now you're talking about eleven out of the last twelve they've won. And it would have been twelve out of twelve if not for DeAndre Hopkins. So Kansas City got gotta get some things together. Crazy. Speaking and then speaking of getting things together, um like you, we mentioned earlier with Phillip Rivers also, we might see another end of an era with another quarterback too with Drew Brees. 
um, with the Saints uh, yet again um, losing at home in uh, in the playoffs, uh, losing thirty to twenty to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And um, for me on that game, it it really wasn't even about the offenses up. Like, like is what I said on last week's episode. I just had a man. I just had a. I just had a feeling. I just had a feeling about that game between them because the fact that they got Devin White back made such a huge, huge difference. And I mean, like from the first play, like the way that he just met up with Alvin Kamara that first play, I was like, okay. He he letting this presence be known, and um, the way that they were able to just to just shut down New Orleans, this this you know, I mean it's still a prolific prolific offense. It might not be as high powered as it nor as it used to be, but still a prolific offense to to make to have Drew Brees turn the ball over three times and then also get a fourth turnover with a fumble. Um, that that pretty much made the difference too, because I mean. It, it it wasn't like that um, Tom Brady had, like, just a great game because he didn't have a great game, neither did Drew Brees. But that defense definitely was the difference for Tampa winning. And then also them being able – them being Tampa Bay, being able to actually uh, run the ball pretty well too. Uh, Leonard Fournette had a great game. Um, Ronald Jones had some flashes here and there. And, I mean, they took advantage – they just took advantage of the turnovers. I mean, that's that's and that's what you're supposed to do, and ultimately, that's what ended up happening, and that's how Tampa Bay came out on top. Yeah, that was that was tough as as a Falcons fan, and as somebody who has a strong distaste for the New Orleans Saints, I would never miss words in saying that I, I do not like the Saints. That was tough to watch Drew Brees like that. Um, yeah. For someone that's been great for so long, you hate to see them go out like that. Yeah. You would want for somebody who's who has been great and has given us, you know, these great moments and these great games and everything for so long, you will want for potentially his last game for him to, if he was not to go out, if he was not to win, you will want him to go out swinging and go out the way we are accustomed to seeing him. And uh, it, it just, it, it was just, it just was not working. It just was not nothing was that that Bucks defense was all over the place. I like said Devin White. I'm talking about from opening kick, his presence was felt. From opening kick, he was all over the field, and you just that after that last interception, like just watching, just watching Drew come off the field, it was just like, dang, like. As much as, and I paid the Saints to win. I paid the Saints to win. But it was, that was just, like I said, as much as I could really care less for the Saints, 
it was just tough to watch Drew Brees go out like that. And, I mean, Tom Brady did not have a great game. Mm-hmm. They won the game because of the turnovers. They capitalized off the turnovers, which is what they're supposed to do. But he didn't play. He didn't go out and just have this spectacular, you know, great game. And, you know, he had all these passing yards and everything. He threw for 199 yards. Yeah. <laughs> He threw for 199 yards. He was 18 for 33 and 199 yards. Those are those aren't just eye popping numbers. That defense won that football game. So that Tampa Tampa is also the next hottest team after Buffalo would be Tampa because they are clicking on all cylinders right now. Offensively, now you know you're talking about Drew Brees getting. You know, he's got his his next thing lined up. He'll be doing Monday Night Football. But I pose this question, and I'll see how you respond. Sean Payton, the Super Bowl champion coach, they won in 2009. But since then, they have not been back to the Super Bowl. And over the last four playoff appearances, granted some very controversial, controversial, excuse me, the one against the Rams should have been a pass interference, which brought about the rule of you being able to challenge pass interference calls. And then two years ago, if I'm not mistaken, the offensive pass interference against Kyle Rudolph that should have been called, wasn't called or whatever. But regardless, has not been able to get it done. So at what point in time do we look at Sean Payton and say, okay, your time might be up. Now they're winning, they're winning the division. They continue to win the division. I believe they won it three straight years or something like that, unfortunately. But in these... These big games, you haven't been able to get it done. You you ain't been back to the you ain't been back to the Super Bowl since two thousand nine. You've had Drew Brees this whole time. This whole time you've had Drew Brees. So when should people start? Okay, maybe I'm not saying I'm not saying he should lose his job. Let me be clear. I'm not saying that he should lose his job right now this year or even next year, but. When do you think it, it gets to that point where it's like, okay, it might be time for the ones to move on to Sean Payton? Or if that at all, you might not think that might, uh, might, not, might not need to move him at all. Um, I, right now, I don't, I don't think they need to move him. It's, and I, I agree. It's, it's no need to. I mean, like you said, they won the division four straight years. Is um, that four? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we got to get it together. <laughs> they won they won the division four straight years. Um uh and it's just I mean it's just the way that they've been the way that they've exited out of the playoffs has been crazy. And I mean it's just been crazy. And the thing is is like over the span of four years, they've won forty nine regular season games. Um I think that's the most I think they said that's the most in um 
that's most ever for a team that didn't make the Super Bowl. So four seasons, they've won 49 games um, over the last four years, have not made a Super Bowl. And just like you said, just just the different many facets that they've lost these playoff games. So you got you had the Minnesota Miracle, you got the Minneapolis Miracle in the division round against Minnesota in seventeen. You have the non PI call against the Rams two years ago. And then I guess the non offensive PI call against the Vikings last postseason. And now you basically just, I mean, you just out again, one and one and done. Well, no, wasn't one and done. My bad, because of the Super Wild Card, but still not even making it to, uh, not making it to the Super Bowl. Um, I think for Sean Payton, I don't, I don't think you pulled a plug on it just yet, just because you still have to see like what happens. If Drew wants to come back next year for one more year or so to try to give you one more shot, or do they look into see like who else or what else they have um, at the quarterback position? Um, are they really locked into wanting to do it with Taysom Hill? Do they go? Do they try to give Jameis a shot? Um, I mean, they need somebody. I mean, right now, I don't know what Drew is going to do because you can definitely tell, like, his arm has lost some pop. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 they're, like, struggling. If he can't get the ball, like, quickly and short to, like, Kamara, uh, Mike Thomas on a, on some quick slants or get it to Emmanuel Sanders on, like, some a quick – if the quick game's not working – I mean, when he does go down the field, it's, it's to Jerry Cook, but that's because of his size. Um, but they're not getting those big, normal, explosive plays that we've seen, that we've grown accustomed to for this for that era. Now, I think the reason why you keep Peyton there for a few more years to let him see what's going on is because, like I said, and like we mentioned, they keep winning the division. And then some of the years that they were down was really because of their defense. Um, but their defense has, has always been – okay or bad but they've been very much improved over the past few years and I mean until Tampa Atlanta or Carolina knocks them off the division for a couple of years here in a row I think you 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 have to stay with them regardless who is who's in that quarterback you you stay with Sean Payton um I just hate I'm I'm with you I hate that to see Drew Brees go out like that and that, like we said, I'm, I'm, we're both here Atlanta Falcons fans. So for us to even say this, <laughs> it says a lot. But that's how much respect that we have uh, for Drew Brees. But I also saw where uh, his wife, um, uh, Brittany Brees, talked about all the different injuries that Drew had this year. That's why I'm not certain if he's going to come back or not. I mean, the, the collapsed lung, the broken ribs. Um, heard that he played with a torn rotator cuff, and uh, uh, and that's why he always doing the little shoulder thing. I, that's why he always rotating the shoulder. You know what? I didn't know that. Yeah, and um, even had something going on in his foot. Uh, I don't know if it was fasciitis or just a anything or something of that nature, but 
So if he was dealing with all those injuries this year, I mean, we knew about the 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 lungs, the collapsed lung, and the and the broken ribs because we we saw the hit that he took, um, when he when it happened. But if if he was going through all that, I just, I mean, I don't know. And then the fact that just like with him, just like with Philip Rivers, how they already got something post football career to still be in football, but to do do something else instead of playing. I'm not sure if he comes back or not. So we just have to wait and see. It's kind of like you, I think you have to give him a chance. You have to give Sean Payton and the rest of his staff and that team a chance to see how they'll do without uh, Drew Brees if he plans not to come back, just like how uh, with Bill Belichick. I mean, like you're not going to fire him this season because of the one down year they had this year without Tom Brady. You know, there was a lot of key players missing. COVID and everything like that so you still keep him around I think that's the same thing that the Saints are going to do with Sean Payton I don't think they're going to let him go I mean granted after a while I know they're probably going to get tired of them just winning all these regular season games but not coming up big in the playoffs here recently well in a, in a long time um, really but um, I don't know I think they'll give him a few more years give, give him a few more years depending on who's, who's in at quarterback and who all they're going to keep and um, how well they're playing if any of those other three teams in the division can knock them off from not winning the division. And I don't mean just one year. I mean, like, they have to <laughs> keep them away from winning the division and not even sniffing the playoffs. So if any of those teams can do that, then I think Sean Payton might be in some trouble. But, I mean, if he keeps winning, I mean, if he keeps winning the NFC South, why get rid of him? Yeah, I hear that. It was just that was just a question. It yeah, was just a question, just to just to see, cause like yeah, as as long as you, I, I brought it up because there there have been coaches that have been let go. Yeah, less. yeah. So I was just 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 a a question to kind of see where your your thought was. Um, like I said, I don't think he should be fired anytime soon. Within within. The next two, three years, actually. Um, but like you said, we'll see what happens with the quarterback position. Are they going to go with Taysom Hill? Are they going to go with Jameis? Are they going to do something in the draft? Like you know, what's the what's the next step? What you know, what's the next step? Right? Could 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 they throw their hat in for you know these quarterbacks who are not liking where they are now? That possibly could want to be traded, or you know, I mean. It's it's all just predicated on what it's. I mean, it's the same thing. Just like last year, when we found out how they were they were gonna try to get Tom Brady if Drew planned on retiring after last season. So it's kind of the same thing they got this year. Pretty much trying to wait and see what he's gonna do. Um, if he wants to come back one more year, I'm pretty sure they'll let him come back and go ahead and fulfill as that starting role. Um, but if Drew plans on retiring, then. What do they do? Do they, like I said, do they stick with what they have? Do they bring in another quarterback for a trade? Um, I mean, you know, there's a there's a few quarterbacks that could possibly get traded or wants to be traded, so they can look out that way. Or do do they think one of these young quarterbacks here that's coming out in the draft don't have to be the first round? Um, doesn't have to be the first round, but do they see a quarterback to where they be like, okay? We can we can do something with him in the future, and they just have kind of like a 
a, a bridge guy, kind of like I think what Carolina is doing right now. I think I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is that franchise guy. I think he's just a bridge quarterback until uh, Matt Rule sees another QB that's coming out here, maybe in the last next two or three years, and they see him, and you know what, we'll, we'll take him. And Teddy is just going to be our bridge guy unless, you know, he really shows a difference in something else. Um, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see what, what New Orleans is going to do. Um, I mean, as far as Tampa Bay, now you get ready, you, you're you on the road again. Um, they're being road warriors right now and, and going to Green Bay. And then, and then that's a great NFC uh, championship matchup we got there. And then in the AFC we got. Um, the two, I mean, are you know, record-wise, and probably on paper as well, the two best teams all year in the AFC um, that's going to face each other in Kansas City. We're just waiting on to see if it's going to be um, Allen versus Mahomes or it's going to be Allen versus Henny. Um, yep. Anything is possible, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But uh, I know y'all probably thinking, oh, they about to go ahead and do – nope. We're not going to do predictions yet because we need to wait and see what is going to happen with Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, if he's going to play or not. So There's some things that have to be. Yes, sir. <laughs> they, need to, they need to take shape. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we we really just going to end it, end it on this note. We'll come back later on this week, uh, probably this weekend, and once we figure out who's all playing, and we'll hop on. Never know who might all be on this the next the next one. Um, hop on and just give our thoughts strictly on both championship championship games and, and give our predictions there. So um, we're just going to go ahead and wrap it up here now. Uh, Dupree, you know how we do it. Anything you want, any, any – this is the benediction. Any, any last words, remarks, <laughs> shout-outs? Yeah, always to big guy upstairs, always taking care of your boy. Um, watching over and everything like that, watching over me and everything. Um, continue, as always, continue to stay safe. Wear your mask, be socially distant. We are still in the pandemic, so let's continue to act like it and uh, do what we need to do to get this thing under control um, and still continue to believe that we will get it under control. Uh, I'll shout out to uh, my family, all family back home, friends and family back home in Atlanta, all of uh, friends and family, not, you know, all, not just in Atlanta, but um, all over the country that I have, have family, uh, Texas, Tennessee, South Carolina, Florida, Ohio. Um, Shouts out to uh, Big Dog, Easy Money, Sanders for having this platform and uh, allow myself to come on here every week uh, with you and, and do this thing. I've really enjoyed it, especially um, since we've picked picked this thing up and uh, stayed consistent with. I've enjoyed doing. It. That's one of the one of the highlights of my week for sure. Um, now you can test. I'm texting just about every week, right, man? What's up? <laughs> when, we, when, when we rocking out, when, right? When we rolling, so. right? Um, yeah, this is definitely one of the highlights of my week, man, uh, for sure, doing this, doing this with you, uh, like I said before, for some years now, so, uh, can, you know, hoping we can continue to do this and keep this thing going and growing, and uh, that's it, man, that's it, continue to 
tell your loved ones that you love them, check on your loved ones, people that are most important to you in your life. And that's it. Sir. Okay, uh before I get into all my other different shout outs, let me let me do some quick um shout outs to um I mean people that I don't really know, but it's just major stuff. So shout out to Sarah Thomas. She will be the first uh female to ever ref the Super Bowl. She's gonna be refing the Super Bowl fifty five. That's big. Congratulations. Oh yeah. That is big. Um and uh man. Shout out to the young bull, Colin Sexton. Crazy. Goes for 42. At one point, went he scored 20 straight for Cleveland, and they beat the Brooklyn Nets. And this is Brooklyn with Kyrie, James Harden, and KD all playing tonight. Oh, yeah. They beat them, I think it was 142, 136. Five no one forty one forty seven one thirty five and two overtimes, so um big win for the Cavaliers there. Um, for my sports betters, if you took Cleveland on the spread or the money line, I know you are happy tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, you feeling real? Good. Yeah, you are feeling real good. Um, man, but of course, yeah, man, shouts out to God. Of course, none of this, man, none of this is possible without him for sure. Um, man, shout out to mama and papa Sanders back home in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, man, family that I got all over as, as well, too. Um, Michigan, Florida, Louisiana, Texas, California, Colorado. Uh, I'm probably forgetting a couple, Arkansas. I'm probably forgetting a couple other states, man. Um, of course, you know, yeah, check in on your loved ones, man. Continue to be safe out here. Continue to wear your mask. All those, yes, times times are different now. We have a new um, presidency. Um, you know, that that is different, but something still hasn't changed. Um, protect yourselves. Wear your mask, man. Be safe out here. Um, no means no. No means no. No, regardless of where you're at. Time, day, place, area, all that stuff, man. Um, protect black women, cherish black women, love black women. Um, man, of course, as always, um, like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. You will definitely get notified when a new episode drops if you're subscribing to it, whether it's uh, through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, on Spotify podcast. Oh, and, and we got and we got our own we got our own Instagram page as well too. So follow the Easy Money Sports Podcast Instagram page. It's Easy Money Sports Podcast. All one word is I know it's super long, but you can't you can't miss it. Easy Money Sports Podcast. Um that's where you can follow it. You can check the check the snippets that we drop. Um, the Apple Podcast link is in that in that bio, man. Just you don't wanna you, you know. So if you can follow up on that, check in on there from time to time, like it, follow it, tell people to follow it, tell your mom and them, your auntie them, tell them tell them all our friends, whoever. Tell them all, man. So um Give us feedback too. Yeah, Give yeah. Give some feedback too. Give some feedback on it, comment on it, you know. Um all, all that good stuff. Definitely, you know, definitely wanna be able to, you know, interact. Um, with with the followers on there, so definitely do that. Um, man, nothing else, man. Peace, love, and tranquility. Um, y'all be safe out here. 
Um, enjoy yourselves, man. Continue to thrive in this new year. Uh, we we already twenty days into it, man. Get get on the grind if you haven't. I'm telling you this. We we've been discussing that this is the year to do that, man. If you don't choose no other year to grind, this is the year to grind for sure. Um, so once again, man, this has been another great episode of the Easy Money Sports Podcast. Peace.